The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. If you are caring for a person with autism... Great information from a trusted source can be a lifeline. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. We are here to have the conversations that will help you create success for the extraordinary individual with autism in your life. Now, here is your host, Rob Haupt. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. I am part of the uh, leadership here at Autism Spectrum Therapies. Uh, We're an agency that provides uh, services to kids, adults, really anyone um, on the autism spectrum or with uh, related disorders. And, and the services are, are pretty diverse. We primarily provide ABA, applied behavior analysis, but also provide OT, speech, social skills, and do quite a bit of just parent support and advocacy um, to just help make sure everyone is aware of their rights. Um, in addition to all of that, I do have a clinical background. I'm a BCBA I am a um, board-certified behavior analyst, and I've been working, providing ABA services for a little over 12 years now, and uh, primarily really had the opportunity to work with uh, either really little ones in early intervention or actually older kids, uh, adolescent and teen years, focusing on those uh, kind of two ends of the ages, which which has actually been really, really rewarding and um, really helpful for me to see uh, these two very different parts of the lifespan. Um, You know, today really wanted to go in a little different direction. It it occurred to me that I I get to share topics and ideas and these um, current events and some of my impressions of them um, each week with you guys at the start of every show. And we talk to all these different guests, um, but we don't always get to talk about, or at least I don't always get a chance to kind of share with you um, some of my beliefs and some of my philosophies. And so I wanted to take some time and, and just talk a little bit about some things that have been on my mind, some stuff that either a bunch of our guests have put some ideas in my head that I want to talk about and comment on, or just some general things that you out there have, have kind of influenced me on. I know, you know, we haven't all met face to face yet, but I meet so many parents in so many places and they're always putting these little seeds in my head and they, they got me thinking about all these different things and uh, we don't always get to talk about them or at least we don't always get to talk about them in, in a way that I, that I want to. So I've got a couple of topics today that I really want to discuss and, and talk through and, and share with you my, my viewpoint um, and, and how it got there, how it was shaped, and just get a sense of all of it. Um, so one of the things I really wanted to start off with was just the heart of this show. It's, it's information. It's resources. I, I want to talk a little bit about like what's, what's out there and what's getting out there and what kind of conversations are we having 
Um, and maybe some talk a little bit about some of the things that are we're limited in. Um, you know, recently I did this training. I got invited to uh, create and lead a training. This was a training for BCBAs across the country to be able to be better prepared to supervise someone who wants to get their BCBA. It's part of this new guideline, this new system that our the board has put into place to ensure that new BCBAs are getting the top-notch training and supervision um, possible for them to be the best possible behavior analyst possible and really earn that certification. And I think it's great. I really am excited by the possibility of this certification really meaning something and having a, a higher degree of value. So when I got approached by this group, it was, it was really exciting. But they, as we got into it, some feedback came around of you know, our, our training was trying to be light. It was trying to be informative. Um, and there was some concern about feedback, about it being too light or, or not being serious enough. And, and, and sometimes that feedback comes from different people. But that really got me thinking. And it, it really got me thinking about information and sometimes about how we, we want our information sometimes to be too structured and too rigid. And, it's, and are we, in fact, limiting ourselves? And, and shortly after this conversation, actually, we had a conversation in-house here about this show, about Autism Spectrum Radio. And we were talking about what kind of guests we wanted to bring on to the show and some different people we wanted to have with some different opinions. And as I started listening to, to my team and, and started listening to everyone, it became clear to me that we were actually doing the same thing, that we were limiting the possibility of what information and discussion should be out there. And we were limiting it because we, we were being very rigid and we were being very specific. And the focus was even more narrow than I thought it was. Now, I don't think we have a narrow focus on this show. I'm actually really proud of, of, of how broad it's been uh, and, and for how long it's been broad. But I think it can be even broader. And I want to push the limits of this even further. And all of this sparked this sense for me of... I believe in research. I believe in data. I believe in all of these things. But I believe in questioning. I believe in questioning what it is that's in front of us. I believe in questioning research. Not criticizing, not confronting it, not, not denying it, but questioning, asking questions, understanding it. it. It's one thing to read something. It's another thing to, to get it, to touch it, to feel it. You, you can do that with a research. You can do that with a concept, an idea. And I feel like there's other things that maybe we don't have research to justify every single thing out there. But can we talk about it? Can we understand it? You know, research, what was researched and validated and proven today may not be there or may not have been there yesterday. You know, someone had to come up with an idea, challenge an idea, research that idea, and push it. And I feel like that's what I really want us to all be open to. There's a lot of things we talk about on the show, and I've shared with you guys. There's times where someone comes on has a belief I don't share. You know, I'm, I'm shaped. I'm created. I was taught these very specific things that influence me 
very strongly, very, very strongly. You know, ABA is something that I don't believe ABA is about autism. I believe ABA is the science of human behavior. And by understanding the science of human behavior, I can teach anyone. I can provide treatment to anyone better. It's, it's the science that I get and that's how I apply it. But I want to have dialogue about all the other things that I disagree with because someone else believes in it. For whatever reason why, someone else believes in it. And I want to understand why they believe in it. What's the foundation? And if there's not research for it, start thinking about, well, what's the possibilities for what research can be for this? And ask questions about, well, why hasn't there been research? Um, I was meeting, I, I shared with this you a, quite a while ago, I, I got to meet with some of the people here or uh, part of a, a committee here in California, meeting with uh, some of our local state representatives on autism and on um, state-funded uh, services here in California. And um, some of the people in the room I knew already and, and a number of people I didn't. And this one woman who I didn't know but who has been active in the, the special needs community here in, in Los Angeles for probably about 30 years um, made a comment, was talking about made a comment along the lines of, I want to talk more about just ABA. And it wasn't directed to me. It was directed to the moderator. And, uh, and she said very quickly, uh, recognizing that I was the ABA person in the room, saying, oh, no, no offense. Don't please, I hope you don't mind. Um, and my friend, someone I've known for a long time who happened to know her, who was also part of the committee, very quickly said, no, 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 it's okay. He's open to any discussion. He's open to anything as long as you talk it through. And I was so complimented by my friend um, that she would say that because that's what I want to be. That's who I want to be is, is open to any discussion. And it set the foundation where this woman, who I didn't know before that day, we talked each other's ear off, not just in that meeting, <laughs> but after the meeting for another 20, 30 minutes and just had the best conversation She'll tell you she's not a huge ABA advocate. I don't judge her for that. I don't question that. I am a huge ABA advocate, and I'm going to talk a lot about it in, on the rest of this show. But I love that we can talk. I, I love that these differing points of view can talk about something else and bring it together. And I, I think... That's what I want this show to be about, and I think that's what we need more of. It's not about I'm right and you're wrong. It's There's a lot of different things in this world. There's a lot of different rights in this world, and how do we piece them all together? You know, A long time ago, when probably in the very early days of, of hosting this show, I had uh, Elaine Hall on, and Elaine is the founder of The Miracle Project, and you guys out there... Um, who maybe aren't familiar with her are probably more likely to know Autism the Musical, that incredible documentary on HBO uh, a number of years back. That's Elaine. That's her group. That's her people. And she's expanded the Miracle Project across the country. They have performances all over uh, the U.S. now. And it's amazing. And, and I've seen it a number of times live. I've seen the video, or sorry, the documentary a number of times. But I remember being on the show with Elaine, and uh, or her being on with us, and 
and talking about, you know, I don't quite agree with that, or she doesn't quite, I know she didn't quite agree with something I believe, but it was one of the best conversations we had. And she said the same thing. It doesn't matter if we agree. I don't care. It's that we're talking and we're talking and respecting one another. And I, and I think there's so much more opportunity for that. You know, there's, there's a lot of stuff out there that I may not believe in. I was asked a long time ago about a specific diet. And I remember telling his parent, um, very honestly, at this point in time, it's not something I believe in, but I know that you could find a lot of people who do. And I believe you need to do the research for your own well-being, for your own satisfaction, so you know at the end of the day, you researched, you understood every single thing possible to make sure your child has the best life possible. And I think that's what I really want. That's what we really need. I'm going to tell you what I believe. I'm going to listen to what other people believe, whether I agree or disagree, because we deserve, you deserve, the kids deserve at least hearing every single thing possible. At the end of the day, we've got to make tough decisions, and you're making them every single day. But you at least deserve to have everything in front of you. So that's what we're trying to do. That's what our part is. And I really hope that anyone else out there, you guys do the same thing. Because it's, I can tell you what I believe, but I can't tell you what to decide. You've got to make the decision. And as a friend recently told me, they want to make the d- decisions, but be able to answer the question of, did I do everything in my power? And information is really going to be key to being able to answer that question with a yes. All right. That's my first opinion. I need to take a break. That was a lot. Uh, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back and we'll talk about a couple of other things that are on my mind. Stay tuned. sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes' work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. 
The following program is for informational and educational purposes only. This program does not replace medical, mental health, or psychological diagnosis and treatment prescribed by your personal physician, psychologist, therapist, or other health care provider. Please consult your provider for diagnosis and care before beginning or changing any program or idea discussed. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt. Uh, it's just me today, just just talking, just feel like I, I'm, I'm having a bit of a cleanse my, myself of just getting to share some of the things that... Um, you guys and, and the guests have just been making me think about um, over the last few months. It's, it's really interesting and, and uh, rewarding to host this show and to, to get to talk to some people who, in some cases, I know nothing about. And I walk out of a, you know, an hour-long show and I'm like, wow, I feel like I have this new, this new friend, this new colleague of mine. And then sometimes I get to talk to people who I just... I get a little a little anxious myself. I'm like, this person in my little ABA world is is famous. Like they're they're incredible, and I get to talk to them by myself and pick their brain about anything I want. You know that that's pretty cool. And so um, the the impact of that is I I start thinking and I start getting into all these thoughts and. and and I start kind of reshaping, or, or I, I maybe should say fine-tuning is probably the better word, some of my beliefs. Um, and as I, as I tell you guys all the time, I'm an ABA guy, and it's going to be hard for me to, to not share thoughts uh, that are going through my head and, and not get pretty into ABA. Um, you know, before we were talking about information and, and challenging and, and being open to what is possible and maybe some things that aren't quite researched yet, but we'll have the foundation behind them in the future if we really put in the time to understand and research them. And, and I do really mean that. I, I think anyone out there who's got something that's not researched now, I mean, if you've got a belief that differs from me, and you've, if you've got the opportunity, research it, set it up, get the study. You know, we need to hear those things. But on the flip side, that's why I like ABA. I... I've told you guys a little bit about my background and, and how I got here, and it was it was very much this. I don't know. It was, it was I tell people it's a coincidence, and, and obviously every so often you get that person who says there's no such thing as coincidences. This was uh, a destiny. This was just the path you needed to take. And there's a part of me that that kind of believes that. I, I was I'm someone who who liked history. History has facts. You get to interpret these facts, but they're built on. This, this foundation that can't be disputed. Dates, names, people, um, specific actions that can be observed, witnessed, uh, written down. But then there's interpretation, analysis. Uh, I, was, I was into science. I, I thought chemistry was actually a pretty cool thing and thought maybe I'll do chemistry. That was before I really realized you know, history was much more my thing. But I like that. Um, atoms and bonds and how things come together. It's real. The facts. Um, and so I like that ABA is researched. I like that we know 
so much about it. The, the challenge, the, the part of it that becomes the biggest responsibility of, of someone like me, someone like a BCBA, is the implementation, the application. How do I individualize this science to a person? You know, I, I say all the time to any problem any of my clients give me, I tell them, there's five right answers. I can give you five right answers, but I have to figure out what's the right answer for you. The solution is what you will work for you, work for your child, and be one that you can support and feel good about implementing. I could give you five different ones, but it's about tuning it to you and the individual and your child. And that's what I like about ABA. But the thing we know about ABA and the thing that's really kind of got me motivated really early on was this idea of we have this research, we know about how the program, we know the general framework we should be looking for, particularly and specifically for, for early intervention. And you guys have heard me a lot on the show talk to guests, talk about best practices in early intervention. And I'm sure some of you out there, you know, you're saying, hey, my kid's already passed early intervention. Um, I'm, I'm looking for the next thing. And, and that's why I try and balance it out. But it's really important that even if you have an older child, you get early intervention. You get the importance of it. You get how it should be set up. Um, because I know you probably have people coming to you asking for your advice of, you know, what should I do? You've, you've been here before. You've been in the trenches. Can you help me? Can you support me? Can you assist me? Um, that's, that's what so many of my parents who have some older kids say to me. And I think understanding these these best practices is important. And, and I know a lot of you guys out there are also going through an early intervention. And when I think about early intervention, when I think about this early comprehensive ABA, there's kind of two sides to it. And uh, we've had Jim Ball on the show before, and, and I like the way he kind of made this distinction. You know, there's the there's the early intervention from a state funding point of view, which is zero to three, but a lot of times us in more of a, a research, more of a applied working with kids, we kind of push that age a little bit further because what we really know is that child development, brain development, the way kids are developing, you know, up until about five or so, you know, that's when the, our kids' brains are developing. You know, any kid, any human being is, is going through the most brain development there. And we want to hit an intervention earlier and more intensive there because it every minute can have a greater impact while the brain is really developing. And, and that's what the foundation of the research says. It's, it's the brain development and we want to work on all of this programming then. So we get these questions. I, I feel like I answer them at least once a week. How much time, how much intensity, what time of day, what's the frequency, how should we set this up? And again, I value, I like that there's research behind this, that we do have guidelines. There are standards that have been recommended. We've had uh, national standards committees out there say, this is what it should look like. And really, at the end of the day, it's a lot. It's intense. We're looking at 30 hours of programming generally at least. You know, there's, there's studies out there that say even more. You know, obviously, um, Dr. Lovas's you know, first study in 1987, the one that really paved the way for 
so much of the ABA dialogue and, and, and services out there today, he's talking about 40 hours a week of ABA. It's the brain development. He wanted to get kids and really give them a lot of therapy, really give them a lot of treatment while their brains were still developing. And we really want to look at frequency. And I have a lot of families who, who are looking at what's happening, what they're doing, and you know, they question, am I doing too much? Am I giving my kid uh, breaks? Am I giving foundation? Am I giving them an opportunity to be part of the family? Um, and that's why I think that 30 to 40 makes sense if you look at it from the focus of you know, between 9 and 3, most kids are going to school of any age. Let me structure this. Let me put my important stuff in the hours between 9 and 4, 8 and 3, that kind of window. So that way in the afternoon you have time to be a family. Maybe you have a weekend, a weekend therapy for, uh, on a Saturday morning, but you then have the afternoon to do things as a family. Um, there's a way to structure it. But I think what's really important is to try and do as much as possible in that framework, set up a routine, set up a structure, um, because that's when you can get the most. You know, one of the things I tell families all the time is, if you want to make the most of your ABA, let's do it a little bit earlier. Let's get in there in the morning. Let's get a 9 to 12 session, because that's when everyone's the freshest. Okay, I'm up, I had breakfast, I'm moving around, and now I'm getting into it. I'm fresh, I'm ready to go. That's not possible for everyone. Sometimes you, you can't do it, and, and, and that, that happens. And sometimes you say, look, I have to do something between four and six or four and seven. That's better than nothing. Absolutely, 100% agree. You got to take advantage of every opportunity you've got. But you really want to try and get as much as possible in that framework because you're really getting school readiness and, and schedules and routines laid out, and the foundation is going to be set up for preschool and kindergarten and elementary school and, and the years to come is having this schedule. Now, just because you're doing a lot of hours doesn't mean you have to go intensive straight through, no breaks. You know, with early intervention and with these programs, I really think you got to take a lot of breaks. You got to make it fun. You got to make it playful. That's where the natural environment really comes into play. That's where home therapy can be so great or embedding your therapy into other activities, other locations, a daycare, uh, a preschool if possible. Um, the embedding allows you to take breaks. It's not just drill, 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 and four hours later, you've, everyone's just exhausted. You take 10 minutes here. You take 10 minutes there. You take a five minute. Maybe you do something fun and just are doing incidental teaching or just practicing things you've already mastered just to make sure they're still there and maintained and just happening. Maybe you do some easy stuff after you do something really hard. It's all about momentum. And sometimes we think about momentum within a session, but sometimes it's about momentum throughout a day. Let's keep this momentum going throughout a day. And, and that's where doing a longer session with more frequent breaks can actually be really good and really helpful and really allow these younger kids who have shorter attention spans or have a, a lesser stamina for treatment, um, or at least I should say like for activity or anything, 
it allows them to stretch out their stamina. Because I don't want to have a session and just at the end of my few hours with a child, hand, to a, hand the, the, the reins over to a parent and say, okay, your kid's exhausted now. Have a great afternoon. We, we want that momentum, everything I just worked on, to coast and to carry along. And length of session really has nothing to do with it. It's about how do I structure everything during my session? I can give you an hour session that's probably every bit as stressful, every bit as difficult as a three-hour session. It's just how do I pace it along? So when you're setting up your early intervention hours, when you're putting all of this into play, those are things you really want to think about. Because truly, it's the intensity, it's the frequency, it's, it's all of what we do is going to make such a difference because the brain is developing, because that's the opportunity. That's, this is our biggest window to make the biggest impact. And now's really the time to do it. Okay, another break. Stick around, we'll be right back. on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host. For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's more info at AutismTherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Autism Spectrum Radio. I'm your host, Rob Haupt, uh, sharing my thoughts, maybe my rants. <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to tell what, what they are. Um, it, it is actually really therapeutic to, uh, to get it all out. It's, it's so funny how... You know, so after a while, you, I, I listen or, or, you know, we think these things, you, you, you marinate on them, you kind of regurgitate on them, and then you're like, I, I just got to get this out. I want to share this. And uh, I, I'm finding myself after each one of these tired and 
fulfilled at the same time of, oh my God, great to say all that out loud. And wow, it took a lot out to, to get it all out after so much work into to thinking about it. It's, it's kind of a funny um, feeling, but it, it, it's really cool. It's really cool to, uh, to get to share some of this. Um, we talk a lot on the show about schools. And one of the things I got to do you know, a long time before I ever thought ho- about hosting this show or, or I had the opportunity to, I actually spent a lot of years working uh, with school districts. One of the things that I uh, very quickly got paired with when, when I came to California and started with uh, AST was um, I got to work with a number of our local school districts. What was really cool is I actually got to work with, with my local school district, the, the district I lived in. And a few other districts in the area, a couple of districts a little further away. And I really got to develop some great relationships with a number of different teachers, a number of different aides, some resource specialists, you name it. Um, and along the way, I got to know this one uh, uh, director of special ed. Um, you know, I actually got to meet a number of different directors of special ed, but, but one in particular we would we would really get to talk. Um, we argued like crazy, but, but we, we respected each other enough uh, that the argument was, was just that. It was an argument in the moment. Um, you leave it there, you step away, and you, you go back. Um, because we, we had very different beliefs. Uh, obviously, one of those big ones was about ABA and, and how it should be delivered. And those conversations, those arguments, those IEP meetings, all, all of the above – really um, got me thinking about how do we deliver services and, and how do schools in particular deliver services? Um, and it got me wondering, it got me thinking about just the way the special education system is. It, it just feels like, I don't know, for me it feels like the IEP is, is amazing. It's incredible. I love the idea of individualization. But it feels like that schools sometimes almost do everything individualized and don't think about what it is that they're doing. And I can't tell if it's I can't tell if it's because there's just a traditional way of how education is supposed to be delivered and People are clinging to that. I can't tell if it's um, some, something else. But what it strikes me is I go into all these different schools and all these different districts or within a district, and so many of the special ed classrooms I look at just look and feel the same. They feel general. They feel a little, um, almost a little vague. Like there isn't an identity. There isn't a focus. And I think maybe that's the right word. It's, it's that they feel like there's a, a lack of focus sometimes. And I wonder, is it because they're trying to do a little bit of everything? And is it because they believe a little bit of everything is best? Or is it because they don't want to commit to any one thing? And at least for me, and I'm only going to speak about ABA, and I'm speaking in generalities because I should say I've seen some incredible classrooms that are incredibly focused. 
incredibly structured and just absolutely amazing. And I have seen them in some of the most unlikely places. It is not about wealth. Um, one of the uh, least affluent districts I've ever worked with had one of the best special ed classrooms I've ever seen in my life. Unbelievable, unbelievable philosophy, unbelievable teacher. It's, it's something else because of, of some of these observations. I, but I feel like there's this, there's this sense, at least for ABA, of I, I wonder why can't we do more of a structured ABA-focused classroom? Why is everything so general? Why is everything so just vague? Why can't there be a focused classroom? And why can't we be more, embed more in and embrace certain philosophies more intensely if there's people who have a need for, for that? If you've got eight kids with similar needs, why can't we focus a program around their needs? Why, why does it have to take uh, this big, broad, general, vague thing and then a parent coming in and saying, I want this. And then a second parent coming in and saying, my kid needs that. And it feels like that's the way it has to go sometimes of a parent and you guys out there having to advocate versus why can't we have a good structure? Why can't this class be structured in such a way so there's a foundation of what all of these kids need and then we're just adding to it versus having to build something from the ground up. And, and too often in, in these meetings – I feel like we're building something from the ground up. And that's, that's a, little, a little frustrating for me because I feel like people know what they want. And it almost feels sometimes like everyone kind of knows what it should be, but it's not happening. And what I can't figure out is, like I said, wh- where's this coming from? Like, why, can't, why is it so hard to get ABA really into a classroom or really into a school? Um, is it because of old philosophies? Is it because of this, I know better than you, you're right, or I'm right and you're wrong, that, that I talked a little bit about earlier in the show? Or, or is there something else? Um, but it feels like there's a resistance. You know, I, I've, I've been hired and brought in to, to come work with teachers to say, hey, this is a classroom that could use some more behavior management. Um, I've spent a long time, particularly working with some of those adolescents and teens of mine, working with some pretty intense and some pretty severe behaviors, really really working with kids with some pretty intense aggression and uh, self-injurious types of behaviors. And I've been brought in to work with teachers to teach them how to better manage this. And... Sometimes you, there is a lot of resistance. There is a, you know, this, this doesn't work. It, this philosophy doesn't mesh with me. And I wonder if, there, if, if that's part of the problem is that there's a, a philosophical breakdown and, uh, and what it's going to take to get, and I don't want to point to teachers because I know it's not that. It's not about people. It's about systems. You know, my mother's a teacher and I hear all for years and years and years, how she can have a point of view, but a district, uh, a department uh, may have a philosophy and you kind of have to embrace philosophies. Do we have to embrace a philosophy and do we have to rethink some of these philosophies of how we set things up? You know, I, I don't think me coming in and consulting, me as a BCBA, 
going into a classroom, training a teacher in behavior management is ABA in the classroom. It's just me training someone in how to manage behaviors. But that doesn't mean they're doing ABA. And I don't know if people always get that. That's, I'm working on behaviors. We can work and introduce behavior strategies, but that's not the same as ABA. Now, behaviors can improve. That can be very worthwhile. And I tell you, some of the best outcomes I've ever had is where I've not done anything but train people. And there's, I can, I can look at cases and point to cases, real-life data, real-life people, real-life children, where they provided someone to me and I trained them. And I trained them from top to bottom on a plan. This is our plan. We don't deviate from this plan. Now, when you go that level, now we're starting to talk a little bit about ABA. Now we're starting to talk about a science. But just kind of general strategies is different. Really putting in plans in place is what I'm talking about. A plan for each kid in a classroom. Really going into it, taking data, tracking it. Those are the types of things that I'm talking about. And it feels like that's missing. It feels like that isn't present. And it feels like something that parent after parent is looking for. Um, It's taking these plans. You know, the IEP feels very top line to me. It feels very vague. It's very broad. Can we go deeper? Um, Even some of the behavior support plans. You send in an IEP. I've sat in many. You write a behavior support plan for a child and... That doesn't always feel as detailed as it should because it, it, it's so some, – often it feels check the box. And I've read a lot where I come in and I have to say, oh, this feels check the box. We've got we to gotta, we gotta tailor this better. We've got to update this more. We've got to be more frequent in how we analyze all of these things. And oftentimes it's not because there's not good people there, not smart people there. It's just how things are structured. So I, I don't want to make it sound like we're doing horribly. We're not. We're doing better. But we can be better. I know how much progress the schools have made. I know how much our rights have improved um, as, as, as people, as parents. Um, but we can be better. I, I know we can be better. We're making progress, but we really need to make more. And I think it really comes down to these philosophies and looking at how we're structuring our classrooms, not just our kids. How are these classrooms being set up? Are we putting the right people in place? And do we need to have more time and let these people spend more time focusing on certain specific philosophies for the kids in the class? All right. One more commercial break and we'll be right back with our final segment. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Autism Spectrum Therapies is proud to present Autism Spectrum Radio. At AST, we see a world where people with autism dream and achieve their full potential. Our promise is to support families through our extensive resources, highly trained staff, and outstanding programs. 
Call us today and let us know how we can best support your family at 866-278-1520. To find out more about AST, visit our website at www.autismtherapies.com. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Autism Spectrum Therapies, supporting extraordinary individuals and their families. Visit autismtherapies.com or call 866-278-1520. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. This is Autism Spectrum Radio. If you have a question or comment for our host, Rob, or the guest, please send an email to moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. That's moreinfo at autismtherapies.com. Now, back to the program. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Final segment here on Autism Spectrum Radio. A um, lot of me talking today, so I'm hoping you're not, you're not tired of hearing this voice. It's, it's, <laughs> it's been dominant today. Um, you know, we, we've talked about a, a couple of things on my mind and I would, I don't know, I would feel untrue to myself if I didn't at least take a few minutes to talk a little bit about, um, just about older kids because that, that's so much of what I've been, been working on and, um, so much of what my work has been focused on for these last 12 years, um, you know, and it's why you guys often hear from me talk a little bit more about early intervention and, and kind of adults and transitions and adolescents, uh, because that's really been more of my my focus. Um, that early elementary school kind of middle, I, I've I've seen all ages, I've worked with all ages, um, but that middle has probably been where I've spent a little bit less time, and, the, and these two other ends have been where where I tend to spend uh, more of my professional clinical time. And you know, I've always liked, I've always liked these experiences. I, as I've told you before, I started working with teens and worked my way down, and it it was always so valuable. And I've had a number of of parents, uh, parents of two year olds, who I come in and do their program and and work with them and develop relationships with, and and you know, they're the ones who made me realize these teenage experiences of mine were so helpful for them. Because they're like, you know, you know what 15 is going to look like. You know what 8 is going to look like. And you're going to give me a plan that accounts for those things. You're going to think about those things now. And it just reminded me of that. Always be three steps ahead. It's not just what goal am I working on today. It's what goal should I be working on three goals from this one. You, you've got a roadmap. You've got a plan. You've got a vision. And, and I like that. So let's talk a little bit about what that Z should start to look like. You know, we've we've had a lot of guests on the show kind of say use that philosophy. If you if you wait till 
adult transition, if you wait to that like 18 mark to start working on uh, preparation for, for the future and for adulthood, you probably started too late. You really have to start earlier. You don't wait to high school. You start planning it in junior high, if not even sooner. So I don't want to talk too much about that. I like that. I believe in that. I, I want to talk a little bit about a little bit more about, I don't know, how, how intervention should look like. You know, parents all the time are asking, can you give me research on, on ABA with teens? Can you give me research on ABA with adults? And unfortunately, it's very limited. It, it, there really is not a ton out there. Um, there's studies, there's articles, there's work. But you know, one of the most important things that we don't talk about, that we need to talk about, is sexuality. Kids, you know, teenagers are going through massive changes in high school, and sexuality is a big part of high school, and our kids on the spectrum are going through it too. But if you ask me, what do you do? What are the interventions? What should I be looking for? I'm going to have a hard time pointing you to research. I'm going to have a hard time pointing you to a study or a program that's backed up to work. I've, I've worked on these things. I know these things, but I find that there's limited stuff even me f- for me to draw from to say, yes, this is, this is where I would go. This is how I make this work. Um, there's a lot of good strategies I incorporate and adapt, things like self-management, things like differential reinforcement, um, things like antecedent priming, uh, proactive type strategies where we really um, do some role-playing, some practice, um, specifically with some of those social boundaries. Um, there's a lot you can do, but there's not a there's nothing like what we talked about for early intervention to back up this. And unfortunately, I think as a result, we tend to not just with this type of focus, but with so much of our our older kids, we sometimes have a tendency to to have all of the focus be in a isolated area, maybe the home, maybe a classroom. And we don't take enough advantage of getting out there. You know, I had this parent once say to me, um, they wanted to work on sexuality, but more so from the standpoint of just social things, social things for their teenager when it came to the opposite sex. You know, uh, body language um, in terms of how they should be, you know, not staring at a girl, not uh, keeping a certain distance, um, space between um, their son and, and, a, and a female. You know, some of these basic things, they, they really weren't looking to tackle the more extreme on the continuum. And, and this parent made a really great point. She said, you know, we can practice all this in the house, but a bunch of pretty girls walk by in the mall, and, and that's a different story. You know, we're going out to... Uh, to practice job skills because that's important for us. That's a different story. And she's right. And you know, we, we long time ago, even before I started hosting, back when back when Dr. Frio was 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 hosting the majority of the shows, he had Peter Gerhardt on. And Peter is really the guy I look to, or or I should say one of the guys I look to for these for these types of uh, topics, this this type of content. Um, he started an incredible program out of uh, Rutgers University that's still there, um, focusing in on adult transition, on um, providing treatment therapy, 
um, life skills to adults on the spectrum. And he's really become an expert in this. And so many of my friends here in the field really look to him as well. And when he always talks about it, if you want to work on purchasing food, go to McDonald's. Don't do it in the home. And he's right. You know, I think about my very first clients, my very first kids, um, the ones who probably the, the nine guys who taught me more than anything were these nine first clients of mine. And um, I remember going to McDonald's with one of them, and he was nonverbal. He had a textbook. I remember the guy at McDonald's saying to him, aren't you supposed to give me something? What he meant was, there's a peck strip you're supposed to give me. I didn't say a word. He prompted me. He, or sorry, he prompted um, my client. And that was amazing. And I've seen that again since, where... The community will, is so awesome. They, they can embrace us and help us and do so much. And I won't even start on how much we're really doing for him and how much probably that young man at McDonald's probably gained from us going there. Um, but I can tell you, that young man who, who I was with, who was my client, he, he went everywhere. He was great. He loved it. He could purchase anything, anywhere, at any time. We wouldn't have done that in the house. We wouldn't have done that at school. We, we needed to go. And if you guys are out there with, with older kids and you're working on these things and if you've got programs in place, get out there. Get into the community. Figure out what supports you need. Get them and go. Um, and as a resource for you, I, I can never say enough. Autism Society of America such a great group. The one here in Los Angeles in my backyard, this is all they talk about. All they talk about is adult transition. doesn't matter if you're not here. doesn't matter if you're not in L.A. They're going to give you a lot of great information. But as Jim Ball has told us on a number of different occasions, um, Autism Society of America in, across the country, this is a big focus for them. So even look up your local chapter, see what they've got on their website because they'll give you some local resources too. So next week we're going to be joined by Temple Grandin. So excited to have her on the show. It's something I know I've been talking about these last few, but uh, really cool. Even my, even my real good friend, my, my longtime colleague, the, uh, the vice president of, uh, of clinical services here at AST said to me, that's awesome. I can't believe you got her on the show um, congratulations. So I, when Andrea says that to me, our, our, the head of our clinical department, I, I think, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, so Temple will be here next week on the 12th. Um, and if you're not tired of me, if you're not tired of all my ramblings and opinions and thoughts, um, feel free. I, I did a mailbag show back on March 5th and, um, you can hear more about uh, some of my different beliefs and philosophies and thoughts. So I hope you guys have a fabulous week, great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week when Temple's here. Take care. (laughs) 
We hope you've had some questions about autism answered this week. Autism Spectrum Radio can be heard live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Please join us for another edition next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.